Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, The Jewish Problem Analyzed. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 10. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We must pay attention. What's the next point, sir? Careful attention. What's the third, sir? Very careful attention. What is the fourth? Must pay. It's not an option when you come to church. Must pay. What's the next point? To what you have heard, the gospel. That's the fifth point. The gospel. Pay attention to the gospel because it is epignosis. What is epignosis? Knowledge. I bear witness to them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to epignosis, not according to true knowledge, not according to the gospel. You interview Christians and say, why do you say you are a Christian? They have no clue. They are not Christians. Precise knowledge you must have. And you must believe in that precise knowledge that tells you to the way to heaven. Way of salvation, way of justification, way of righteousness, way of life. It is a tragedy to come to church and don't listen. What's the last point? Lest you drift away. Drifting into hell. You don't have to have any knowledge to go to hell. Just drift every day. Drift, drift into hell. But to go to heaven, precise knowledge, you must know the gospel. And you must be precise about it. Exact knowledge. You must believe it. You must do it. You cannot come to church and and don't pay attention and think that we are going to heaven. It will not happen. All ears, all eyes, all mind. Because here we are speaking to the way of eternal life. See, you don't have to know a lot of things. I don't know a lot of things. But I don't have to know everything. But you must know this. This is the one thing you must know. You must believe. You must obey. Because it is the one thing needful. Without which we are lost eternally. So we read in Romans 10. And I'll read to you again the first four verses. Brothers, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. I made the point. Do you have a desire? Do you pray? Do you witness for the salvation of your children, of your kinfolk? It's a tragedy if we don't. We are heartless. 
We should be convicted of our sin. Saint Paul had a desire and he prayed and he witnessed for the salvation of his people who were bent on killing him. And they finally succeeded. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. And I said it's a good thing to be zealous. When you can get an A, how come you got a C? When you can make 150,000 a year, you are making 20,000. And why is it? Because you didn't want to study. But their seal is not based on knowledge. Epignosis is the word. Should be translated true knowledge of the gospel. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. What's their problem? They did not submit. That word is hated. Submission. When you say Jesus is Lord, you are saying I submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. Nomos telos gar nomo Christos. Eis dikaiosunen topanti pistuonte. This is the charter, Christian charter, they say, this verse, 10-4. And it is very difficult. But I don't give you difficulty, I'll take care of it. For the end of the law is Christ unto Righteousness, that is salvation, that is justification, that is life for everyone who believes. One verse, chapter of Christianity. So my title is what? Christ alone saves or simply epignosis. Knowledge. That's what you have in verse 4. Knowledge. Precise knowledge in one verse. And your mother is going to that Baptist church and some other church and that church and this church and every other church. The question is, do they preach the gospel precisely or they entertain you? Most churches are not churches. They have no true knowledge. Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Friends, since the fall, everyone is conceived in sin. Born in sin. And what is the next, sir? Practices sin. Since the fall is man is under sin, under law, under Satan, under death, under hell. Since the fall man is a slave to his lusts. And he is unable to do anything that pleases God. And you tell that to a modern American. The doctrine what is called of total depravity or perversiveness of sin. They hate it. 
He is dead in trespasses and sins. He is a slave of the devil. Devil controls his thoughts and his words and his actions. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. There is none righteous, not even one. That biblical doctrine humbles us, cuts us down to lift us up. So reformed churches preach the law. Reformed preachers bring you to Sinai and then they bring you to Calvary. Did you hear that, sir? You cannot go to Calvary unless you went to Sinai and be confronted with the God's moral law. He is under law of God. Friends, every man is to obey God's law, the Mosaic law, the moral law. All law, always perfectly, he must obey to be justified. But this is an impossibility. Do you understand what I'm saying? God demands that you do so. You arrogant man, ignorant and arrogant, pretends to be righteous. And God says, all right, obey my moral law, every law, always, and what? Perfectly. I said it is an utter impossibility because of total depravity of man. Did you read the book of Job? Chapter 14, verse 4, who can bring what is pure from the impure? The answer is no one. Job 15, what is man that he could be pure? Or one born of woman that he could be righteous? Chapter 25, verse 4, how then can a man be righteous before God? How can one born of woman be pure? Did you read that, sir? Leviticus 18 verse 5 says, Keep my decrees and laws, for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. The law kills you. And grace makes you alive. So try to do it. Every law, obey it. Always, perfectly. If you want to justify yourself, go ahead. If you fail, try and try and try again. Friends, the law was not given that the sinner obey it and be saved. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law... That is a sinner 
who refuses to obey, believe in Christ, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by keeping the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. That's why we should go to Sinai. That's why in the shorter catechism there is a section on moral law. The law is given so that you will humble yourself and confess your own impotency and turn to Christ. So let me give you a number of verses about the law and the purpose of it. Chapter 3 verse 20 we just saw it. We receive knowledge of sin through the law. Sin is defined as transgression of the law. You see, you feel pretty good, you justify yourselves, and you say concerning the righteousness of the law, perfect. Can you go to UC Davis and you grade yourself? That's what people are doing. They self-justify. It is God who grades you. Based on moral law. Romans 5 verse 20. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. More law. More sin. Romans 7 verse 7, what shall we say then is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, don't covet. See, that's why you ask an unbeliever who never goes to church, never reads the Bible, and he is all right. So Paul is saying, I came to know my sin through the law. And he came to realize I'm a filthy sinner. I'm a blasphemer. I'm the chief of sinners. I cannot save myself. I must have a savior. Romans 8 verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was Weakened by the flesh, sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man, and so on. The law was powerless and weak to justify us because of our own sin. Galatians 2, 15 and 16. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by keeping the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by keeping the law. Because by keeping the law, no one will be justified. Galatians 2 verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. What I'm saying is the law was never given. 
to fallen man that he may fulfill it and be justified by his own righteousness. It was not the intent of the giving of the law. It was to shut your mouth so that you will turn to Christ who will save you by grace. If righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. It was not at all necessary for Christ's crucifixion. In other words, self-righteousness empties cross of its efficacy and meaning. Galatians 3 and verse 19. The law was added because of transgressions until Messiah comes. Who fulfills the law in behalf of elect sinners. Galatians 3 verse 21. For if law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness certainly would have come by the law. What's the meaning? The law was not given to impart life, to impart salvation, to impart righteousness, to impart justification. It was never intended. Galatians 3 and verse 24. Law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, the Messiah. The law reveals your impotency, incompetency. It cuts you down. Number 10, Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. But when the time was fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under law. And I say, to obey all law, always perfectly preceptive and penal law. Born of a woman born under law to redeem those under law, that is us. Under obligation to God's law. But we are redeemed from that obligation. By his fulfilling all law perfectly in behalf of us. That we might receive the full rights of sons. Now. Who can answer what is justification? Justification is an act of God's free grace. Wherein. He pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. We were under law. We were to fulfill the law perfectly for our justification. But we cannot because we are under sin. So we need a savior, the sinless son of God, the God man, the Messiah to fulfill the law in behalf of us that he may redeem us from under sin and under law and under death and under Satan and under hell and under lust through faith in Jesus. You are getting epignosis, knowledge, precise knowledge. You don't get it in these other places. There you get entertainment. 
here we show you the way to heaven we need a righteousness apart from our keeping the law perfectly by another keeping the law in behalf of us Romans 1:17 for in the gospel a righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith verse chapter 3 verse 21 but now a righteousness from God what's the next phrase apart from law that is apart from our keeping the law perfectly has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify and chapter 3 verse 28 of Romans 4 we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law he who believes in Jesus Christ is no longer under sin or under law isn't that wonderful sir under authority of sin under obligation to fulfill all the law always perfectly thank god we are not under anymore by faith we are united with christ in his death burial and resurrection Therefore we died to sin and we died to law. Romans 6:2 by no means we died to sin how can we live in it any longer? Sin can do whatever it wants to do but I'm dead to it in my relation to it in Jesus Christ. Romans 7 verse 4 so my brothers you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another sir we belong to another to Jesus Christ to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God not antinomianism but obedience to Jesus Christ 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19 that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against him not counting my sins against me then you should ask a question what is a question it should be counted against somebody who is that somebody Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God this is called the doctrine of double transaction our sins were imputed to him his righteousness is imputed to us is that wonderful sir that is a reality sir it's not a theory it is a reality the moment you put your trust in jesus christ your sins went to him his righteousness came to you that is justification by faith and therefore isaiah speaks about this chapter 45 verse 24 but in the lord all the descendants of israel will be found righteous 
and rejoice. Justification makes you rejoice. Jeremiah 23, 6, the Lord is our righteousness. And St. Paul says it is because of God the Father that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That is justification, sanctification, and glorification all found in Jesus Christ. Double transaction, sir. Our sins, all of it, are imputed to Christ. His perfect righteousness, called righteousness of God, righteousness demanded by God from us, is imputed to us. Friends, all our needs are met the moment we believe in Christ. Now, who was the goal, the fulfiller, the culmination, the end, the law anticipated. I said all our needs are met. Need number one, what is it, sir? Forgiveness of sins. Wherein he forgave all our sins. Need number two, that we are naked, we need to be clothed with what? The perfect righteousness of Christ. I said all our needs are met, forgiveness of sin, all of our sins, and we are clothed with the righteousness of God. Away with all self-righteousness, all dung-righteousness. Come to Christ. The goal to which the law pointed, Israel, Judaism has misunderstood the law. They were blind to the law's goal, aim, intention, real meaning, and substance. The Messiah is the goal of the law. He alone is able to fulfill the law and give us freely righteousness of God. Listen to John Calvin. The first step to obtaining the righteousness of God is to, what is it, sir? To renounce our own righteousness. The purpose of the law. Secondly, you ask the question, what was the purpose of sacrificial system? The Jews should have asked the question, if one could save oneself by keeping God's law, what was the purpose of the bloody sacrificial system? Millions and millions of animals were killed and blood shed. The Old Testament says in Leviticus 17 verse 11, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's sins. You stupid, arrogant, and ignorant man. You have no clue about the purpose of law and purpose of sacrifice. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, Christ our Passover Lamb has been sacrificed. 
And St. John tells us in 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sins. Renounce your way. Embrace God's way. Submit to the righteousness of God. Christ, the goal of law, has come. He has accomplished our redemption. God has made a feast, a grand and heavenly feast for all the elect sinners of the world, all the poor, blind, lame, crippled. All the nobodies of the world come to the feast. All who are undeserving. All the sick, all those who are unrighteous, all wandering sheep, all publicans and harlots, come. All hungry and thirsty, come. All who have no money, come to the feast. Come as you are. He knows you are dirty and naked and sick and lost, hungry and thirsty. He knows it all. His blood cleanses you from all your sins. He clothes you with the glorious garment of his own righteousness. And he feeds you with the bread of life. He quenches your thirst with the water of life. And he himself feasts with you forever. Only believe. Only receive Christ. No discrimination here. How does the Greek text go? Telos God nomo Christos eis dikaiosunen to panti pistuonti to everyone who believes. No discrimination. There is a universalism. Not everyone, but everyone without discrimination. Jew and Gentile can come to the feast. Come! Jew and Gentile sinners come. Do not come in your own righteousness. You shall be identified by Christ and be thrown outside. You know that, sir? They sneak in. They sneak in, sir. Matthew twenty-two, twelve through 14. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. And he was thrown outside. The idea here is, he knows you are dirty. He knows you are naked. And everything was provided for you. But this guy said, I'll do my way. Without knowledge. See the knowledge is so important. How to be saved. To everyone who believes. Matthew 8, 11 and 12. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west. And will take their places at the feast with Abraham. Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom 
They'll be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They are thrown outside. It was the problem with the Jewish people. It is now the problem with the church. It's a tragedy, sir. Submit to the Messiah, Jesus. Believe in him alone. Be clothed with the righteousness of God. Throw away all human righteousness and feast with Christ forever. Jesus alone saves you and makes you able to obey him by keeping the law by the power of his Holy Spirit. I want you to understand this. Justification doesn't mean that you can sin. You should read my sermon on antinomianism. Friends, the proof of justification is sanctification. He who justifies you, sanctifies you. The proof of true faith in Jesus Christ is not lawlessness, not antinomianism. It is obedience to King Jesus. If you don't obey Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. It's that simple. You are not justified. Justified is being what? Sanctified. I'm not saying that if you sin, all of a sudden you are not a Christian. No, we don't believe in that. But if you believe you are justified and you can live in the sphere of sin, there is a problem. He who is born of God does not continue in sin. St. Paul was given the great commission. Through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Faith that, that justifies you, sanctifies you. Romans 6.17 says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed. Let's say it together. Obeyed. Obeyed. The form of teaching to which you were entrusted. The gospel demands obedience. Romans 15, 18, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. The believers are not under sin, not under law. They died to sin and to law. They are under grace. But what is grace? Grace is mighty. Grace is king. Grace is powerful. By grace we obey God and do every good work. By grace we reign with Christ. Acts chapter 26 verse 20. Just for you I am citing this. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the Gentiles also. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by obedience. Look at your family, sir, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your children, your grandchildren. 
ask God to give you a burden for souls. An intense burden. The spirit of evangelism. It is an intolerable thing to know that you are going to heaven and your kid is going to hell. If you are human, you cannot tolerate it. Secondly, may God give you a spirit of prayer. Crying out to God daily and the middle of the night with the loud cries and tears as Jesus himself prayed that they may be saved. Ask God to baptize you in the Holy Ghost to be fervent in spirit. God demands that we be zealous Fan into flame the gift you have received by my laying on of hands. The gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, sir. Zeal with knowledge. Precise knowledge. And keep on praying. Sixty years. 40 years until they are saved. Until they come to epignosis, knowledge, knowledge of salvation. I even go and say, pray for those children who are not yet born. The promise is unto you and to your children. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray. That you make us all evangelists. Help us to bear witness to knowledge. The knowledge of God. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio. Part 2 of this sermon entitled, The Jewish Problem Analyzed. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. Matthew.